Welcome to the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown, and I'm Vic Verscher. I'm so glad you tuned in today. And this is the time of year when we want to be talking about some of the things that interest us and especially connect to our careers. And just the other day, I got a message from a longtime friend of the show, and I thought, oh my word, our audience needs to hear about this. And so I'm just excited to have with us today Ken Glickman. He is the founder and president of Glickman & Associates. Ken, welcome to our show. We're glad to have you back. Well, thank you so much, Vic. It's always a pleasure to be on the show with you. Well, and it's always good to talk to you, Ken, because if we're talking to you, we're talking about individuals' careers. We're talking about being the best version of yourself and doing some of the things necessary to really put yourself into kind of some elite ground as far as preparing yourself for the next best chapter in your life. And Ken, that's really what you do for so many people. But instead of me talking about it, let me ask you this. If you could tell me a little bit about Glickman and Associates and what it is that you do and how you do it. Sure. Well, really, there are three elements to Glickman Associates, Vic, and the main section of Glickman Associates is executive search. I work with companies to help them recruit and hire executive talent, leaders, managers for their company, and I do a retained executive search for that. I've also worked in the past with outplacement, which is a service that is available for companies who are laying people off and firing people. I was hired to train these folks on how to find new jobs through this service. And that was paid for by the corporation. And so I've taken that into my company. And so now I have coaching and transition services for folks who are looking for a job, who want to improve their career, who want to really do better in their career performance. And of course, the third is just regular human resource consulting and training where I go in and I work with companies on how to better interview, how better to analyze their management talent, because as far as I'm concerned, it's all about people. You can have the best and fanciest website in the world. You can really have a fancy building and everything, but if you don't have the people to execute stuff, then the company does not succeed. Wow, Ken, you're so well-spoken on that, and such a great point to make is because Much of our audience on the Michigan Business Network is so tuned in to business leadership and some of those executives that are listening to this show. I think that's one of the key components. We can have an awful big investment in terms of equipment and facilities and that type of thing, and even an investment in branding. But boy, the investment in our people and human resources and the way that we go to market, boy, is that important and boy, is that powerful to have the right people and as some famous people would say, the right people on the bus in the right seats on the bus. And so, Ken, as we talked to you about this, I was so excited to get an email from you. And it was basically the title of it was Career Tune-Up. And so can you give me a little of your thoughts on what a career tune-up means in your mind? 
Yeah, I'd be happy to. And I think we really have to start, Vic, with the whole idea of career management. Mm, I think we have to really think of ourselves as taking a more proactive role in managing our careers. You know, we get educated, we get degrees from great universities in accounting and engineering and whatever, but they don't really tell us how to manage our careers. And so many of us really have a hard time in wondering, why didn't we get the promotion that we wanted to get? Why aren't we making more? Why is so-and-so making more than I do when I you know, work harder than they do? And so I really teach people to manage their career in a far more proactive way than most people do. And one way to really grab hold of this is at the end of the year, when you're just exactly where we are right now and the first of the year is coming up and for us to sit back just as we would sit with our financial planner and say, you know, let's look at my finances for the previous year and into the next year. What are my goals? So on and so forth. Well, we should do this with our careers as well. So I really train people and work with people on taking this time to go through step by step on how to go about managing their career and analyzing, doing a tune-up. And isn't that interesting? You know, when you think about managing your career, you know, getting off the air, you and I were talking about vacation and some of those kind of things. When people go on vacation, the amount of time and energy and effort that they put into determining elements of their vacation is extraordinary. And I would challenge our audience to think about the amount of time they spend thinking about and planning their career. And so many times we'll spend more time talking about the family vacation plans than we do talking about the career and the satisfaction and the goals and all of the things that are important to really setting up and organizing the future that you have as an individual. And so, Ken, I'm just so glad you're with us here on the Michigan Business Network and so glad you tuned in to the Leadership Lowdown. I'm Vic Verscher with Ken Glickman. We're here to talk about your career tune-up and your career management. And so I can't wait to continue this conversation right after these messages. Physicians Health Plan is local. For 35 years, we've been a part of your community, and we take pride in helping you get the coverage, care, and personal service you deserve. Go to phpmichigan.com for more information. We're the health plan that works for you. And we're back right here on the Leadership Lowdown on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Verschero with a long-term friend of the show by the name of Ken Glickman. He's the founder and president of Glickman Associates doing wonderful work in the employee realm of helping develop a workforce and developing individual goals and individual talents among people that might seek him out. And Ken, I just love what you've talked about because the whole notion is it's the beginning of a new year for us. And with that in mind, we have an opportunity to look down the road and maybe to look up for a minute because as we get busy with stuff, when do we stop and say, how's things going for me personally? And I think that's what you're challenging us to do when we think about a career tune-up, right? 
Yeah, I think too many people, Vic, it's just this long slog. <laughs> yes. I mean, you know, when they're at a job for 10 years or 15 years even or more, and you're just, you know, every day you just go to work and you're not really thinking about what's my goal here? Where do I want to go next? What's my next job? Do I need some further education to get to those goals and so on and so forth? And if you do that every year, at the end of the year and look past what you did before and then look forward as to where you want to go in the future, I think it's a very powerful exercise. And if you do it every year and you take notes, you can start to see patterns of success and patterns of where you're growing and where you're going. Well, Ken, let me play here just for a second because I want to ask something not as a challenging thing, but it just occurs to me that so many people, when they start evaluating their career, they start thinking about education. Should I get my master's? Should I get a four-year degree? What do I need to... Much of what we consider relates back to education, but in what I read from you is that there's so much more to it than just education. Can you tell me your thoughts on how easy it is for people to go, yeah, I got to spend more money on another degree, or are there other things we should be thinking about as we assess our careers? Yeah, I think it's a really good point, Vic, and I'm glad you brought it up. You know, I think there's a lot of things that make people successful in their jobs, and I think that education is one of those things, but I think a lot of people think that it's the end-all, be-all that they think it's the panacea, that all I need is an MBA. All I need is a degree, not only from a state school, but from an elite school, from an Ivy League. And if you look at people who have been successful in their lives and have great jobs and are very wealthy, oftentimes those people don't have degrees from elite universities and some don't have degrees at all. And so I think that you have to realize what makes people successful in their job. Well, it's a lot of things. One is organization. One is high energy. One is being very ambitious and achievement oriented and a real desire to get things done. Another is to just work well with people and be open and be flexible. And another is to have a good degree. But a degree is simply part of that whole spectrum. Amen. Boy, Ken, that's really well put because what you just shared is some attributes of fantastic employees. And please, I want to make sure nobody hears that you and I are talking down education or higher education. But what we're saying is that don't immediately default into I need another degree or I need to go spend another $10,000 on education. But let's talk about how are you doing as an employee in terms of your punch card on all the other great attributes of really great assets that companies have in super employees. I just love where you went there. And it's really what you found over a career of coaching, isn't it? Well, it is. And, you know, it really depends, Vic, on exactly what you're doing. I mean, if you are a chemistry or pharmaceutical researcher, for instance, you pretty much have to have a PhD in chemistry. 
or a PhD in pharmacology, or if you're a physicist, or if you're an electrical engineer, yes, you do need to have those certificates. And if you're a professor at a university, you better have a PhD in that area. If you're going in for a heart surgery, you better have a doctor who has (laughs) a medical degree. But I think the world of work is a much broader world than what we think it is. Yes. Well, and I'm so glad that you're here talking through this with us, Ken, because one of the things that I think we'll find is that there's no magic pixie dust and there's no single thing that goes, well, that's it. That's what he was missing. But what you described is the well-rounded individual that can be a tremendously important and valuable asset to organizations. And I didn't hear that it was just one or two things, but it was a variety of different elements and a different considerations. So as we talk about a career tune-up in this time of year of making sure that we've got things running the way it should, let's do that as soon as we get back from this next break. We're going to take a minute to go pay some bills, Ken. And then when we come back, we want to hear all about career tune-ups and some of what Ken Glickman of Glickman and Associates has to offer right here on the Leadership Lowdown. We'll be right back. The Michigan Works Association believes the key to advancing prosperity across the state is accomplished through building a skilled workforce. As the state's primary workforce development association, their focus is to continue to move the needle on policy, education, and collaboration. They're creating an opportunity and building stronger communities by advocating and innovating together. We took a quick time out right here from this great conversation we're having with Ken Glickman. He's doing a wonderful job. Of course, he's the president and founder of Glickman Associates. And one of the things that I think is so exciting to hear about is his career tune-up concepts and some of what I consider a bit of a laundry list of some pretty important components as you assess where you currently are at. And Ken, what's that first one that's right there on your list? Well, I want to start out, Vic, with the concept of having a career file. I think every professional should have a file in his desk. It should not be in the office. It should be in your home. And in that career file are your evaluations, your resume, and a list of these elements that you're going to be looking at every year. And so let me give you a bird's eye view first. So we start off thinking about salary. We go ahead and start to think about leadership and management, specific projects and accomplishments, technology, networking, missteps, and future plans. Mm. So that's the umbrella bird's eye view. And I'd like to really spend just a minute or two talking about salary because people get wound up with salary. They think salary is money. It's not money. Salary is a numerical score as to how good you are at your job. Mm, Tell me about Uh, that. If someone is making a lot of money, you could say, oh, isn't that great? They get to go to Spain. They get to vacation all over the world. They get to go to cruises, all this stuff. And think about the things that the money will buy. But I think differently. If someone comes to me and say, I've got a job, I'm 25 years old, and I'm working at a company, and I'm making $350,000 a year. 
Now, some people might say, wow, that's a lot of money. He gets to drive an Audi or a Cadillac, <laughs> and he gets to go on great vacations. And I think this guy must really be good. That that money, that dollar sign is a rating as to how good you are at the job. So even though you might have enough money in your personal bank account, maybe your spouse works, maybe you have family money, maybe you really don't need all the money that much, that doesn't matter. The salary level is where you belong, and it's a numerical rating as how good the company thinks you are. So you should really look at your salary and say, number one, am I where I want to be? Have I been getting the raises and the perks and all the benefits and everything that I deserve for my title? And am I being paid in relation to the new guys who are being hired? Or are sometimes those new guys are being hired at a higher rate than the people that have been there for a while. Well, Ken, let me play here just for a second because you've piqued some interest in me and for a couple of reasons. Real quickly, when I think about a former life in a different organization, the pathway where people would get paid more money was they would become a supervisor. So, for example, some of your best performers are doing X, Y, and Z, and that X, Y, Z job is worth only so much to an organization, no matter how good you are at it. They just can't afford to pay you a six-digit income if you're a processor or whatever those elements are. So people looking for career improvement in terms of salary oftentimes would have to take the next step, which sometimes can meant that they would have to become a supervisor. Then by definition, that supervisor would get paid more money, but also they'd have to lead people. Do you find that that's a common thread as people start looking at how they want to earn more, they have to maybe start to begin a leadership role? In some cases, what you're saying is exactly right, Vic. And people get stuck because they would rather not lead people. You know, some people are just very good at the job they do, but to get into a management position, it's a whole different job. You might go in as an electrical engineer, and then you become the VP of engineering, and now you're an administrator, and now you're doing evaluations, and you're doing hiring, (laughs) and you're firing. Well, you didn't get a degree for that. And so I think it's a real problem. I think it goes across the board. Now, if you're in sales... Or if you are in consulting, you will make more just by doing your job better. Mm, Yes. You will go up the ladder. You'll become a better salesman if you work at improving your skills in that area, and you will make more. So it's not always the same because oftentimes the manager of a sales group will not make as much as his horses do. Right. Absolutely right. And Ken, that's really where I guess I was leaning into is that some of the greatest salespeople that I've ever met in my life, I mean, I am in awe and I could not do what they do in terms of their sales success. But you know what? I remember one of the greatest salespeople in the company I was working with wanted to become a sales manager. And everybody that knew him rushed to his side and say, don't do it. Don't you do it. And it wasn't because of money. It was because he was absolutely an animal when it came to his work ethic, some of the things he was willing to do, some of the tenacity of his job as a sales. Right. And yet to say he's going to slow that down and lift, coach, and lead people, those were two different talent pools, yes? 
Absolutely. And it's everywhere, Vic. It's even in the world of public school teaching. I mean, a teacher, you know, can be a really great teacher and and they say, oh, we'd like you to be a principal. And they become a principal. Oh, that's a totally different job. And they might not be good at that at all. I had a plumber come out and do some work on the house last week and said that he used to be a manager. And he didn't like it at all. He just wanted to go out and do his plumbing and go from house to house. And he said, you know what? There's a tremendous amount of variety. I never know what I'm going to see when I open up the door of a new house. And I like that. Uh, and the so, pipes don't talk back, do they? I just the love it. the pipes don't talk back and he doesn't have to write reports about it either. So uh, I think love is a many spendered thing. You know, the world of work is a very broad-based activity. Well, Ken, I'm so glad you're here sharing your thoughts with us today. You are such a Jim, and we are so fortunate to have you as a friend of the show right here on the Leadership Lowdown. We're going to be right back after these messages. The attorneys of Foster Swift, Collins & Smith offer legal counsel to businesses, families, individuals, and municipalities throughout Michigan with offices in Lansing, Farmington Hills, Grand Rapids, Detroit, Marquette, and Holland. Clients know they can count on Foster Swift for all their legal needs, from straightforward wills to sophisticated business transactions and complex litigation. Learn more about Foster Swift and how they can assist you at fosterswift.com. We're with Ken Gleckman right here on the Leadership Lowdown, listening to some of the pearls of wisdom that he's willing to share with us as we talk about a career tune-up and doing some of the great things that make us better every single day. And, you know, as we talk about in our last segment, this whole salary concept and trying to figure out what next to do, you know, it's about basically looking for those career opportunities and growth things. And in your communication to me, it said leadership. Tell me about when you think about that, do you really know what that means? Do you know what's expected of you in that next job opportunity? Well, I certainly the more important word, the word leadership, and I know that the name of this program is Leadership Lowdown. It's a more important word than the word management. You know, to me, leadership is really a broader scope word. It's a job. It's a word that includes mentoring and coaching future stars in the company and leading high performance teams and doing a lot in that area. And if you want to build your brand and if you want to build your career, you know, it's really hard to do that unless you think of yourself as a leader, not only mm. as a doer, but as a leader. People will come to you for advice, people will respect you, and people will respect the kinds of advice you have because you've been so successful yourself. Well, Ken, years ago, sometimes these cliche comments, what I was told one time, and it kind of stuck with me, is that you manage things and you lead people. Can you react to that for me? Yeah, I think that, I guess I wouldn't totally agree with the word. I guess I would use the word administrate. I think you administrate things. Yeah. And you lead people. I think the word management is maybe an old word these days. I think people are thinking of leadership people. Companies don't talk about the managers. They talk about what leaders they have in their company. Yes. And those leaders don't necessarily have management after their name. Right, right. Very, yeah, exactly right. Be a group leader. 
While we're here, because your document you shared is so important, and I think that I don't want to miss this, because in what you put down there, you said, are you mentoring and coaching future stars in the company? I have to tell you, if you're a stakeholder in any company, what your inline management people are doing in terms of mentoring and coaching upcoming rising stars to get them excited about their careers, get them prepared for their next experience and responsibility, that's pretty critical stuff right there, don't you think? It's critical for both sides of the fence, Vic. It's critical for the individuals who are being coached to find within that company people who can really lead them to success, who can teach them how to be better at their job. I think all of us who have been successful have had mentors who have spent time with us, taken us out to lunch, and really given us really clear-eyed advice when we need it. And it's really important for us to understand, you know, all teachers know that we learn as much from our students as we do when we are teaching students. Mm, How about that? That they will, you know, I talk later about the field of technology, that it's the young kids that come into a company that really understand how to use all the social media stuff and all the differing software that companies are using. The old guys, it takes them a while to learn this stuff. (laughs) Yes. So, you know, you talk about mentoring. We have to mentor each other, both sides of the fence. Ooh, wow. You just did something really important there. Tell me your thoughts on that. Expand on that mentoring both sides. Well, you're learning from your student and your student is learning from you. And when you sit down and you always know more about your field when you're explaining it to someone younger Mm. and someone less experienced. So you're learning more about what makes you tick, what makes your company tick, and by the intelligent questions that these young people have of you. Right. And I think what's really important there as we unpack this is the whole notion of the fact that as you're mentoring to somebody with less experience, one of the things I think is really important, and I think what I heard in between the lines here, is that when you think you know it all, it's probably time you should probably think about retirement. <laughs> because you're well, not you're certainly wrong. <laughs> you're certainly wrong because there's probably elements where you can learn more and grow more. And that's the old thing we've said for a long time. When you're green, you're growing. When you're ripe, you're rotten. And I think that's the whole point is that sometimes people get to the point where they don't feel that anyone can offer anything to them. And boy, that's not the person that I want in my organization as I'm looking for the best opportunity to grow and to lead. That but needs to come think- There's another element here that I want to get back to because we're really talking about a career tune-up, which means how can I be better? Where was I last year? What do I want to be next year? And the whole issue of has the company asked me to mentor and to coach young stars more this year or more last year? Am I growing in that area? Are people realizing that this is a real talent that I have to manage and to coach professionals? And if it is, I'll be that much more valuable to the company. Yes, absolutely. Well, you're pretty valuable to us right now, Ken. I can't thank you enough for sharing your thoughts here today on the Leadership Lowdown. This is the Michigan Business Network. We'll be right back after these messages.
Managing your office supplies is key to a seamlessly functioning business. With over 90,000 items available for free next day delivery and no minimum order, DBI can solve all your office supply needs from pencils to coffee at the very best value. Call DBI and ask a sales representative to show you their product offerings or visit dbiyes.com and request a product catalog. DBI does all things office, office supplies, furniture, and environments. We're running through some great tips on having a career tune-up on the Michigan Business Network right here at the Leadership Lowdown. Ken Gleckman is helping us understand some of the great things that need to happen as you assess your career and help others assessing their career around them. And Ken, as I go through this, you know, I could just listen to you all day. There's so many good things that are coming at us. But to help me manage my time here, we've got only two short segments left on this, and you've got some other elements that we want to make sure we get properly introduced. I think the next one is projects and accomplishments. Tell me about your thoughts on that. Yeah, we started with salary, and then we spent a little time with leadership. And projects and accomplishments is really something that we sometimes sort of gloss over because we're always doing stuff and we really don't spend time What project did I do last year that was really great, that I got a lot of attaboys and I may have gotten a promotion from, and I was very successful at those projects? I would really write a detailed description of the project that I did, the problem I was faced with, the solution to the problem that I came up with, and how it was executed, and really go through those because we will forget those projects as we get older. We'll look back on what we did 10 years ago and we will forget all these projects and accomplishments if we don't write them down when they happen and then we shove them in our career file so we will remember. Mm, So I think really getting a handle on each project so that when the time comes where I have to put together a resume or explain myself to a future employer, I can really talk about those projects. So really getting as much detail about that is really important. The next thing is technology. As our world grows, Rose, Vic, you know better than anybody that technology is becoming such an important part of everything that we do. Look at Zoom, how Zoom has gotten into our life so quickly as it does today. And sometimes we do not move in that direction as quickly as we should. We really must put ourselves into a position of being the guru in technology, just not playing catch up, but really being the leader in technology and understanding how to do a digital photography, how to do social media, how to do all of the different software programs that our companies want us to learn. And they want us to learn it very quickly. And we have to really embrace that technology because the young Young kids that are coming in, they know it better than we do. Well, Ken, let me ask you this because it's so important. And as the resident old guy on this show, tell me about how do I find a path? Because honestly, kids, the other day I was sitting with my two-year-old granddaughter and as she was working my phone to look at pictures, I'm like, how does she know how to do that? And she's, (laughs) it's just amazing. And my only point is, it's a second nature to the kids. Well, and they're growing up with it. Well, Ken, let's face it, the phone I had back in when I was her age it was a called a party line which most people don't even know what that is but here's the point ken if i haven't grown up with that 
Are there paths, are there ways and ideas you can help our folks that want to capture what you just recommended? What's the pathway for that? How do they get there? Well, there are a lot of classes through community colleges, through training organizations, through our technology companies that consult with us in our companies. And we simply can't think of technology as something that we have to do that we don't particularly like it, but we have to do it. No, we have to be in charge of it. We have to really learn how to make technology help us in our job and our career. Talking to tech guys, how do you do that? What can I use to do this? I want to do tables. I want to do a publication. How do I do the formatting for that? And just keep on asking questions and realize that the stuff that you don't know, but it's up to you to take those classes, to learn it, to do all kinds of things, because it's too much of a stereotype that the old guys are the ones that are so slow in embracing new technology. You've got to be up in front with it. Well, and Ken, what you just said to me, or at least what I heard, was that be proactive. And the whole point is that don't throw your hands up in the air going, yeah, I'm just not a tech guy, right? Don't do that. Be Understand where are your weaknesses. And I think what you're saying with this career tune-up is assess where is your career at? Where are your weaknesses? Where are your strengths? And understand- What do I have to do to get better? Exactly. And get that action plan together and get underway with it. I think uh, that's as powerful. Get to our next, do we have time for the next level here? Yeah, let's take it on. Okay, so the next one, which I think is so important for career growth and career development, is networking. Because even though we think that our job is going great and we are on top of the world, we can be so surprised by being let go at a time that we least expect it. And I think that we have to always be making networking contacts through associations, through leadership, through meetings, and going to conferences and going around the country to these and signing up for Zoom meetings and write these people's names down and and have a file on them and make sure that we connect with them on LinkedIn because we will need these people as we grow and as we learn new stuff like technology, we can call someone who we heard speak at a meeting and say, could you help me out with this? I'm doing exactly what you did. And we really need to keep that networking file fresh and fully packed with new contacts and people that we can go to when we need them. Well, that's just powerful. And we cannot look past the value and power of having those connections, especially inside of industries. I don't care what industry we're talking about. It's a lot smaller than you think and your reputation needs to be built on a regular basis. So being involved and being active is really a great idea. And we're involved and active right now. i got a page full of notes thanks to you, Ken. We're going to be right back after these messages with our final segment. Don't go away. Sinair has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sinair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sinair.com. Michigan, 
And we're back with our final segment right here on the Leadership Lowdown. This is the Michigan Business Network with the amazing Ken Glickman and of Glickman Associates. Ken, I say amazing, and I don't mean that just throwing that around lightly. I think there's just such wonderful things for people to listen, learn, and understand. And one final thought before we move on. In the last segment, we talked about networking. Sometimes I think we get to association meetings. We might go to conventions or whatever, and it just reminds me, and this is probably not appropriate today, but I had a CEO that used to walk up to employees in the hallway and he would say to that individual, would you wear that to an interview? And the whole point is he didn't like the way an employee was dressed or whatever. But the whole point is the, the employee would typically say, oh, no, I get dressed up or changed or whatever. And his whole point is, what makes you think you're not having an interview right now? And I think that's the key is that wherever you're at, at association meetings, conventions, walking up and down the hallway, on a Zoom meeting, not paying attention, what makes you think people aren't interviewing you at that very moment in your career? Pay attention, right? Yeah, everything you do. Well, and of course, it kind of sets us up for our next topic, which is missteps, because we can all make mistakes. Tell me your thoughts on that. We all make mistakes, but the problem, Vic, is that we like to not acknowledge them. Oh. We don't really want to think about them. Right. Uh, it's a negative thing. It might even be a dark thing. We might have lost a job. We might have been given a demotion. We might have lost an account. There's a lot of things, but you know what? We have to look at those things with clear eyes and objectivity and reality because those missteps will come and bite us in places that we can't see. And so we have to look at these missteps very realistically. What did I do wrong? How did that happen? Was it the way I phrased something? Was I not prepared for a meeting? Did I not get something done on time? Did I tell people that I could do something where I really didn't have the skills to do it? Did I speak insensitively to people so that they don't want to talk with me again? I think we really have to look at missteps in a very strong way, in a very very honest way so that they won't happen again. Well, and I think there you go. So they don't happen again, right? So everybody makes mistakes, but the power is how do you recover from that mistake and what did you learn from it and how did you grow? And of course, in that case, people think that it's done, their career is over. uh, And that's not the case at all. People make mistakes all the time, but it's the way you handle it and the way you learn from it that we become better professionals of what we do. And then comes the final spot of our career to up and that is the future what do we want to do next where do we want to go do we want to stay with our company and just grow because we really like it here or do we want to say you know what it's time for me to leave many recruiters will tell you man we don't even talk to people if they've been at their job for over eight years eight years is sort of the line of demarcation And if it's over eight years, we don't want to talk to you. You've got to be on the move. So where do you want to go? What kind of job do you want? Do you want to change careers? Do you want to make a lot more money? Do you want to live in a place that is better than where you're living now? There's a lot of things. But if you don't know what you want, you'll never get there. Mm, amen. And, you know, how do you know if you're there if you don't know? Either, right? So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And if you go through these elements every single year and start to look at trends, 
of your leadership, of your accomplishments, of your knowledge of technology, the people you know, then you'll start to say, you know what, I'm stagnant. Yeah. Well, Ken, before we run out of time, I want to make sure that people understand what are some of the ways that you get pulled into companies to help out or consult with leaders that are trying to build their own set of circumstances, their own culture. Tell me, how do people get a hold of you? What are some ways that you can play a role? Well, I'm right here in the Lansing area, and my phone number is 517-256-0783, and I do a lot of executive search for managers and leadership people and vice presidents in companies, and they may call me, and I'd be happy to work with them. My website is glickmanconsult.com, and my email is k.samuelglickman.com at gmail.com and I will answer all inquiries. I love it. So Ken, look, the bumper sticker on all of this because we've just spent some time together with really rich content, but really give me your thoughts. For me, what I heard was be in charge, take charge. Don't be passive. It's your career for crying out loud. Come on, man, get at it, right? So tell me your thoughts. Well, I think you're right. I think all those things are right. But I think there's another element here, Vic, that I think is really crucial. And that element is this. You own your career. The career is yours, and it's up to you to nurture it and to grow it and to do whatever. Your job is not yours. The job is owned by the company. Wow. And they can do with that job as they want to do. They can do away with it. They can farm it out to somebody else. They can do all kinds of things. But people think they own their job. They don't. They own their career. Wow. That's... And it's up to them to really get the most out of that career so that if their job is taken away from them, which happens all the time, they you still know own what their you career. want to do and your career is alive That's and well. brilliant. Ken, you are such a blessing to us and so important to people that are looking for not the easy path, but looking for the successful high ground. And that really is what you help point us to. And every time I talk to you, I just walk away going, wow, why did we wait so long to get Ken back on the show? Ken, you are such a rich asset. Thank you so much for your time. You're special. Nick, it was a pleasure being with you. And it's a pleasure to have all of you tuning in to the Michigan Business Network right here on Leadership Lowdown. Thanks for tuning in. I can't wait to talk to you next time.